Scotty, 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 guess what, guess what, guess what? Um... You're taking too long. Um, this is what's up. You created you created a a virtual you know cavalcade of fractional listener discussion because of vaporware. <laughs> I did, didn't I? Yes, the, it did. seemed to um, we seemed to create a, uh, uh, some response that we don't, we we don't get a lot of response on this show we get the occasional very useful thing from our occasional listener uh, here and there but we actually had a few responses this time which was um very pleasant and you know what john just so our occasional listeners know based on some of those responses um this week i have given vapor another go and i'm now using it well oh my god i'm i'm feeling some healing going on i mean because you know last week you were pissed off because i abandoned you unceremoniously and this week i get to slide back into your good graces thanks to the <laughs> the lubrifying lubricating you know work yeah. of, of heck j and evan <laughs> and even georg was nice yeah um and daniel yeah, it's so. Thank you, factional uh, listener squad. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. I did so basically just in case you weren't on the fractional listener list last week. I was uh, saying about how I was struggling so much using JavaScript and Node.js to do some backend stuff, and that I've been trying a, a framework called Hummingbird because uh, to, to do the Swift backend because I felt the vapor had got too big and and everything else, and I wasn't necessarily too sure about the. Uh, you know, the viability of Swift backends these days. And, you know, a few people said, yes, they've been using it. And some people said, well, just use Swift NIO. Um, and, you know, some people said, well, vapor, don't forget Vapor is sort of very modular, so you don't need it all. And I, I thought, well, that's very good. But then, you know, I put two or three more days of JavaScript and I was in so much pain. <laughs> and, and it was like, okay, this is a small sort of like six endpoint backend um, you know, it's going to take me two or three days to write it. Uh, um, you know, things are going to be running Docker. So actually deployment of Swift uh, backend is pretty easy with the Docker setup. So, you know, why am I causing myself all this pain when I could be using Xcode and the Xcode debugger? And yeah, it's not often you say that Xcode causes you less pain than other things. Um, <laughs> and, and yes, there's a few issues because basically some of the things I was doing the that I need to connect to to do some of my validation only provide either a REST API or a JavaScript library. Um, therefore, I'm now having to do a few things through, you know, HTTPS calls, uh, which is, you know, it's not difficult. It's just you know, a bit time-consuming and fiddly. But on the whole, yeah, I'm, I am a happier man. So uh, to those of you out there who responded, thank you for your therapy, um, you know, I am I am off the ledge and uh, <laughs> more secure, as they would say. <laughs> There's the title, Scotty Securely Off the Ledge. Yeah, so it's there. <laughs> so, see, John, if you if you write in, it can make a difference. You can make make us happy because I mean, we're just joyful that we know that anybody's listening in the first place. And um, uh, equally, Let alone that yeah, anyone cares, yeah, so. yeah. So it's there we are. So, John. So I've had a, a obviously, you know, as far as our listeners have been concerned, I've been a, an amazing host this week, listening to them and, and acknowledging them. What have you been up to? Well, nothing that it's going to elicit such happy responses because you know, for the last whatever <laughs> six months or more, it's like I can't tell you exactly what I'm working on, um, other than kind of giving steady pro progress updates. But I will talk 
uh, about something, my, my little personal sense of accomplishment. And it's kind of embarrassing. People are going to say, okay, grumpy, <laughs> but you know, you talk about the, the, the pain of using, you know, JavaScript and, 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 and node. And I had actually kind of just gotten comfortable ish with it, you know, working on something where I had to, to create, you know, a backend, for a lot of different reasons, you know, at work, and that that was the paved path. Except for we we decided to make the switch some, you know, I guess a couple of years ago to to switch over to to GraphQL from this thing called Falcor, which was a a, a protocol um, a protocol and a system that was uh, developed at Netflix and it was open source. But Netflix used it, a couple other people used it, but the industry switched to to GraphQL some years ago. In fact, the original author of Falcor, as far as I understand, is back at Facebook and is and is and is working on GraphQL there. And it's like one of those things where it's still, I'm constantly reminded that there's no such thing as UI development without some, you need some data somewhere. And oftentimes if you want, you know, something that's really performant, you have to shape the data just as, as you need. And, and since microservices have been kind of the way in the light for some period of time now, especially for, for multi-platform, you know, environments, if you want a certain shape of data that makes sense for you as a mobile developer, then, you know, at many organizations, then you have to kind of build it yourself, you and your colleagues. And it's certainly gotten easier over the years. There's Barky like saying, oh, fuck, Fox, just shut up. But I'm going to persist. You, you, know, see, it's you, see, you need to be aware, John, that you know, Sam does a very good filtering job on this podcast. So you, every time you talk about Barky, many of the listeners have no idea what you're talking about because they can't hear him. <laughs> Uh, well, I can hear him. Barky is in my head. And I will say that basically last time, I think Sam was smart or kind enough or lazy enough, no, kind enough to have left it in. So he didn't, he didn't kind of like duck out your vocal mic when I was talking about Barky. But Barky the failure dog, who is a regular character on this show, just basically starts barking whenever I start bloviating. So I'll try to crispen it a little bit. I'm just saying that basically, you know, when I first started at Netflix, you had to use Groovy, which was an extension of, of Java to, to provide kind of, you know, certain missing features from the language. Uh, and then I switched them. Then we switched over to using Node and Node was slightly better because you could at least use VS Code and there was a, a type of debugger so you could see what's going on. But yes, it's, you know, you're not joking when you say that that using JavaScript debugging will start to make you love Xcode and whatever problems that you ever had with it, you'll come running back. Uh, but now we switched over to, to, to GraphQL. And I do say, I, I do, you know, I'm reminded about some of the things that we kind of had to put up in the old days, not the least of which was marshalling, you know, Objective-C classes back and forth with no type safety. And it, it, while you were in the midst of it, you kind of say, okay, well, fine, everything's a dictionary and, and, and so on and so forth. And you start adding all these helper methods to deal with when you get something that's nil or you were expecting an NS number but got a, a string instead or or whatever, you know. And, and now it's all a world of... The tooling somewhat wildly better, wildly, wildly better, and I just kind of had my first taste of it because up until now, um, uh, I haven't had to 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 convert any any endpoints of of any kind. But this past week, I did because I basically had to get rid of 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 a kind of a legacy call I was making to get some data on this project I'm working on, and I, I knew I that day would come. Um, and it, it took about 25 minutes with a, with a colleague to be able to say, here's the, the paved path for doing it. And I was almost, my, my jaw was dropping because, uh, you know, with, with modern GraphQL tools, uh, you can basically say, here, here are some sample queries you can have, and you can see live what data comes back with it. And you 
basically copy and paste that code, make one little modification. Once you once you have your test data coming across, then you basically one little modification to be able to say, well, this is the placeholder for the past in value, and then there's code generation, which will then generate these these entities, which you will get back, and you can kind of be guaranteed about what the the data shape is and and the nullability of each of the different properties, and and then you go to town. Um, and it was really nice, Scotty, but m- mostly I, I'm, I'm still, you know, I will come back and say I, I continue to be impressed of the state of, of web-based tooling that, that, that can be developed. And, and an example is, is that, you know, when you're tr- trying to get data from somewhere, a lot of times you'll get things like URLs representing images. And, and it's all great, and images can be generated. You know, you can imagine it at, for, for Netflix, there are so many variations of, of artwork that can be generated for a given video. Um, there's box art, horizontal artwork, you know, that with and without title, you know, treatments, with or without all sites of badging and so on and so forth. And this, they're all done basically using recipes. And the recipes can also be further modified saying, do you want PNG? Do you want, you know, you want JPEG? You want this? What sizes do you want? Do you want to, you know, so it's all, it's quite a bit of effort that has been built up over the years for for that one service. And you can imagine all the other services that, that exist. But what's really nice about the, the the GraphQL tooling that I'm seeing, and I don't know whether it's specific to Netflix or just general in, in web tooling, is that they can say, ah, this is a URL, and you kind of like mouse over it, and it will render it <laughs> in a type of overlay. And so the, I guess what I'm getting at is never has it been easier, I see, to uh, at least in my experience, to get it, just the data you want, validate for sure that it, it, it's what you want before you've generated any code and then most of the code that you would then have to use is is generated you know for you and it reminds me a little bit about kind of the 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 workflow we had way 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 back in the in the era of, of enterprise objects where you could do your object modeling you could make a fetch from your data source and then when you were happy with your model you could basically generate accessor classes for it um, and then you could add you know logic to those but leave the code generated stuff alone um, so, I don't know. I guess what I've just concluded to that is that now the 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 developer experience of of working with this stuff with microservice backends has now become as as nice as an elegant and gay. Or you will you will maybe laugh along with me uh, about this as what we had essentially in the nineties <laughs> with with building custom applications with with Next Step. Anyway, I'll shut up now. No, oh, well, you suddenly stopped. That was yeah. There we are. <laughs> And you notice that Barky, the failure dog, stopped as well. Uh, he's dead. <laughs> he decided. He decided that he'd had enough. If he had to listen to you waffle on about Node.js for one more minute, he would end it all, and he did. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Barky. We hardly knew you. Right. We should probably move on from something other than JavaScript and our and our uh, mutual uh, hatred of it. And and I know um I, I, maybe one time. We need to talk a little bit more about GraphQL. Um, it's something I've played with a little bit, but maybe, you know, quite a long time ago. Um, I think there was when uh, the Apollo framework was mm-hmm. just beginning, um, and it was very new. It was learned, but whereas you've been using it extensively, and so extensively even, I could say. Um, and, you know, it is, it, I think GraphQL is definitely... A, an established technology now, and maybe um, we should dig a little deeper into you know what you find good about it, what you find bad about it, and on another episode. Now I've given you a little bit of notice of that. Yeah. 
Um, Scotty, I have another quick topic or something I have to remember to put it in the show notes if you'd like to talk about it. Let's. I haven't even told you what it is. You haven't even told me what it is. So it's like it's it. Yeah, you know, it's like when someone walks up to you and says, "Can you do me a favor?" Uh, you you, know, you want <laughs> then you, yes you, no. you, you want you want to be helpful, but you know, it, then you say yes. And then, well, you could you just do my job for me for the next thirty years? Yeah. It's, <laughs> no, it's, it's mostly it's like, can you do me a favor? I need your handprints. So I want you to touch this object. <laughs> what is yeah. it? Just don't ask this question. Just touch this. <laughs> so yeah. Thank um, you very much. <laughs> um, the only caveat you put in there is it was quick, I guess, which helps a little. bit for me to know so i john i'm gonna trust you and i'm gonna risk it and say of course john let's talk about it well okay so this was i i got merged a video somewhere on youtube and it was basically an hour-long lecture by some harvard cs professor which was talking about kind of you know what is the future role of software engineering so yes it's the dreaded topic of of ai and whatnot but i did have some conclusion about it because this is you know i was leading a panel discussion way back you know a couple months ago in athens about it and it it, it you know i'm sure lots of people have 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 you know looked at the type of code generation that's possible from from chat gpt even you know, version three and, and copilot and all these things that are out there and, and pretty much concluded that for, you know, uh, these are services that are really good for generating boilerplate code, which you can deploy as is if you like it. It's like, look, I need a little little bit of JavaScript web backend to do licensing. You know, imagine if you had, to, you know, the, these, these capabilities back when you need to bring something up. And I think that would be great. And for the most part, I kind of said, okay, well, it'll be a long time before they can replace the, the type of work I do. Uh, and and this professor basically said, you know, for the lot of, for, for all the, the types of, of transformations that he needs, which is mostly in the realm of, of of text, basically saying, search through all these data sources and give me back data that looks like this. You know, he he he, he said that basically the fundamental problem is that, that software engineering has not really gotten all that easier at all, you know, since the early days of, of you know, from COBOL to Fortran to BASIC to, you know, and then even everything that we have now with, with, with Swift and Swift UI. Um, I don't know. I don't know whether you could rightfully say it hasn't gotten easier, but I think that what he was saying is that in terms of making an interface between people who need and want something done and the software engineers that have to get it done and that ultimately it's been about trying to make something that's closer to the English language. And and he, he had a little slide which I thought was very interesting where he said, here's the code for, for this thing that I need. And it's just basically a static text description of of what he needed. And I said that there's, he says like, I can describe the algorithm that I need very crisply using English language. And the more remarkable thing is like, I can then send it to a model and will generate what I need. And I thought, well, that there's kind of no arguing that. But then I just kind of concluded that the type of work that I've been doing, you know, especially in the, in the last you know, week or so with some some interactions, some some UI interactions and animations and long presses and 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 context menus and drag and drop and all this kind of stuff, um, and I suppose that 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 could be done. You know, can be sped up with 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 AI code generation. Um, but I don't know necessarily. But even so, I kind of I felt that 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 this is something where there's a, a, a distinction to be made between something saying. There's so much data out there. AI, please find me this bit of data I need from Slack. Where like it's it's finding something in Slack as a, as an example is the kind of proverbial needle in a haystack. And an AI that can say, "I'm looking for 
here's a little clue about what I'm looking for, and it can figure out kind of how to look through DMs or search for, for the, through threaded discussions, and I don't want to have to do that, so presumably that feature comes, I will be happy for it, and so, you know, but I don't know necessarily that I, I feel terribly threatened as a, a human that knows how to interact with other humans and get something up and running, show it to people, play around with it, iterate on that, um, and, uh, you know, I suppose in, until the point where, where you know, an AI has a, a better personality and a better bedside manner than I, uh, I don't think I'm going to be losing my job um, before I need to go <laughs> go retire. There, that was my thought. And I'll, I'll pass the link in the notes so people can look at it afterwards and maybe they can react to it. Yeah, it's, oh, I mean, we, we have this discussion quite regularly, don't we, about, are we going to be replaced? And I always go back to the, uh, when I went and did a computer science at, uh, at school back in 1985, I think it was, 1985, I went to, to school to do computer science. I mean, it was obviously a very different course, but there, you know, part of the uh, thing there is the interviewer for the the college course was saying, well, but of course, you know, we'll do some programming, but programming is going to be, you know, automatic in the next few years and this is what like 40 years ago um, and and the reality is uh you could say he was right because you know the amount of work that goes on when you do far new program and everything it, it gets done for you the stuff that gets done for you you know compared to back then when you had to put up your own event loop and everything else and we mm-hmm. is sort of true but i think the the thing is firstly we always have great expectations of technology doing things and that technology normally will eventually deliver but like all engineers we totally underestimate how long it will be until it delivers um but by the time it does deliver on the things we were thinking our expectations of what needs to be done have grown so much that the technology is now doing what we used to want it to do but is now not doing what we now want it to do and i think you know eventually that circle will get broken somewhere but you know we're not at that point yet no, no, and I think that I think that's I guess the the glorious conclusion to make, and I'll add one more thing, and we can kind of pass on for that. But it, it was a further reminder that um, you know your value as an engineer is kind of directly related to your ability to work with other people. I think that's true. I, I will say that kind of gone is the day when you could say I'm just this wizard that can navigate something that's so inscrutable to normal human beings um, that you have to kind of put up with my eccentric behavior and pay me absurd amounts of money or what you think are absurd amounts of money and that's more you better be very very clear about you know kind of what what you can build and and how you can kind of stretch the limits of things and come up with lots and lots of prototypes I mean I, I think one thing that's made me keenly aware at Netflix is that, you know, a large company, you have lots of resources, you can deploy them in, in any way. And they're, they're, you know, I can be sitting in meetings where you can have a discussion about what may be possible and how long it would take. And then, then is this a small T-shirt, a large, you know, medium, an extra small T-shirt is the size of a hanky. And sometimes I will think, just like, you know what, I could build something that I can put in people's hands. And let them try it, and then we can think about it meaningfully in less time that we're going to spend in meetings about this. And and that was kind of an epiphany that I had a little bit yesterday is that, you know, if the tools make it possible to get to something where you can actually try something pretty quickly, that that beats a lot of other <laughs> – that beats endless meetings and, and diagrams and planning. And, and, and I think that – 
that that's the interesting sea change I'm seeing. But then that also depends on your ability to have patience and to communicate well with, with people and keep something moving along. And I don't know that that an AI automatically replaces it's just i think about it as is a type of of you know there's code generation to generate entities from well-formed schema and there's kind of code generation to 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 get something up and running quickly so you can think about it and then you can decide okay is it worth investing in this in which case then you make it fit into a kind of a greater software engineering undertaking the the the, the last interesting thing that the the harvard professor said is like it doesn't matter whether it's clean because you can be rewritten all the time you know it, you don't need to maintain it because it doesn't need to be made understandable by human beings. And, and that, to me, kind of ex- expects a certain level of trust of, of, of AI, um, which I don't have in, in that sense. I think it, it needs to be controllable and understandable by humans at all times. Um, but anyway. Yeah, again, right. I would say yes and no, because, you know, that attitude is something we have with all technology uh, and yet if you consider now the things we trust to 100 percent automation that we didn't trust you know x number of years ago um it's grown yeah we would have initially said let's take a really really good example landing an airplane the majority of airplanes <laughs> these days land themselves and the pilot is there in case an unexpected thing happens to do it but actually it's just as safe for the airplane to follow a laser in and land itself you know when that was being developed, everyone says, no way are we ever going to land an airplane by itself. <laughs> um, uh, you know, and this is a pretty important one, really. <laughs> well, it is for the people on board the airplane anyway. <laughs> so I, I think it's 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 not a case of saying that, well, again, it's, it's the level of expectation. What we don't trust AI to do now in 20 years' time, we, we won't even think about the fact that AI is even doing it. Hmm. But the thing is, we'll be saying we won't trust AI to do something else because our expectations won't right. grow again. You know, initially, True. initially we didn't even think about flying, and, and then we flew, and then we said, "Well, we're not going to have automation," and now we have lots of automation, and it just, you know, it, but our expectation of, of of you know things being safer, things getting in there are still just as you know they they just grow with the technology as well. So I think this is always going to be a man versus technology thing until such time as the technology rises up and destroys us. So. <laughs> Then, then it's all done, and we won't care anymore. And that show is playing tonight at the Castro Theater at 9 p.m., so get your tickets now. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> Something like that. Well, John, I, uh, I have a client meeting I have to run to, so we're going to have to keep this one short and sweet today. So um, if uh, people would like to keep up the, the, what should we call it, minor flurry of... Um, the minor flurry, yeah. The minor flurry of uh, correspondence that we've had, uh, how should they do that with you, John? Well, they can find me on Mastodon, where I'm Jembe, that's D-J-E. E-M-B-E, like the West African drum, Jembe at mastodon.social. Uh, you can also find me on threads where I'm John Fox. And Scotty, if people want to make you the center of attention that you deserve to be, how and where might they do that? Well, John, they can do that on Mastodon for me as well, where I am Scotty at developer.social. And just talking of that, I have just spotted a... Uh, a um what do you call them a toot uh go through on my clients well it's been there for maybe about an hour from uh you know friend of the show drew mccormack um and i read this because i think it uh it fits with what we said today it says my daughter has just told me that students in her ai degree were panicking because chat gpt was down and they couldn't write their python scripts that's funny <laughs> There we are. Well, that kind of sets it all. They weren't writing. They, they couldn't write them. They just basically... <laughs> 
And so with that thought, we will say thanks for listening. And until next time. You take care to write careful prompts and make sure that the server is up so that you can pretend that you're the one in control doing the work. Oh, that had a snappy sort of feel to it. Not. Thank you, Scott. <laughs> Goodbye, Scotty. I'm not talking to you anymore ever again until next week. Well, thanks for listening to the last ever episode. (laughs) Until until, until next time, you take care, because I'll just do it properly. There we go. Goodbye, John. Goodbye, Scotty.